Welcome to the Sports Don Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. No drama, no politics, and no argument. Just two guys talking sports. I'm your host, JJ Peters. In today's episode, we'll discuss the Chiefs add another weapon to their arsenal. Clippers hire Ty Lue as head coach. Daryl Morey steps down as GM of the Rockets and more LCS highlights. And as always, we do a poll question. You can vote on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. The better, uh, the better coaching vacancy in the NBA, the LA Clippers or the Houston Rockets. And the results are the, uh, excuse me, the, the LA Clippers are running away with it. Uh, the first topic we are going to discuss today is the Atlanta Falcons shutdown facility after some staff members tested positive for coronavirus. Uh, that is breaking news. The Atlanta Falcons have shut down their facilities because a staff member tested positive for coronavirus. A staff member tested positive, then rookie defensive lineman Marlon Davidson tested positive for COVID-19. The Falcons game is scheduled on Sunday versus the Vikings. However, if there are more positive tests, the game could be either rescheduled or postponed until a later date. Both teams still have their bye week at the moment but they could reschedule it with no further problems. The Falcons organization also announced they could reopen team facilities on Friday if there are no further positive tests. NFL Chief Medical Officer Alan Sills stated they are still monitoring the situation very closely. With the Falcons having certain players test positive for COVID-19, the Carolina Panthers are monitoring the situation even closer after playing Atlanta last Sunday. Uh, my first reaction to this, it's very bad news for all football fans. We just hope there are no further positive tests so the Falcons can get back to work. Um, it's been a very rough season for the Falcons and how they have certain players testing positive for COVID-19. Uh, what a tough year. Uh, quick to point out, though, the Falcons were the first team to have a player test positive after rookie cornerback A.J. Terrell was diagnosed with covid right before week two game versus the Cowboys. Interim Falcons head coach Raheem Moore still believes they will play the Vikings as scheduled this Sunday. Currently, the Falcons are still searching for their first win at 0-5. On Monday, Atlanta fired head coach Dan Quinn after six seasons with the team. Can the Falcons still play this, this, this Sunday versus the Vikings? Yes, I think if there are no more positive tests from Friday to Sunday, the game will still go on in Minnesota. There is a chance the game could be played on Tuesday, it would be the second straight week the NFL has played a game on Tuesday. Last week, the Bills played the Titans. It was the first time the NFL played a Tuesday game in seven years, only the second time ever. Many analysts are stating the game could be a plethora of Tuesday games in the NFL this year. Both the Falcons and Vikings are having terrible seasons. Both teams are projected to be in the playoffs, and the Vikings are 1-4, while the Falcons are 0-5. This game needs to be played, and it's super important for both franchises to get back on track. Before the positive test, the Vikings were the favorite to win. The game is still scheduled at the moment to be played on Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern on Fox. And last but not least for this for this topic, if not, then win. As, as I said earlier, it will likely be Tuesday's game if there are more positive tests. However, the game could be pushed further if there are no more positive tests, or if there are more positive tests, excuse me. Both teams have to do more or have to move their bye week to this week. Many players and staff would not be a fan of the idea, but the league has no choice at this time. If they were unable to play the game on Sunday or Tuesday, they would move it several weeks to an appropriate week. It's going to be very, very interesting in the next few days to see what the league does and how both teams handle the news. Uh, some LCS highlights. The Astros don't want to go home. Despite trailing 3-0 in the series, 
They have came back and won both game four and game five. Carlos Correa hit a game-winning homer in the ninth inning to win 4-3. The Tampa Bay Rays looked unstoppable in games one through three. However, things have changed very quickly in the ALCS. So what I'm what I'm right now, what I saw in both game four and five, the Astros have life. They don't want to go home, as I said previously. They are doing everything they can to prove the world that they aren't a bunch of cheaters and they can still win. And this is a great way for the Astros to do that. I mean, Tampa Bay looked like they had it in the bag, but now all of a sudden Houston has said, you know what, this isn't going to be a sweep. You're not going to send us home quietly. And Carlos Correa, the good shortstop or the all-star shortstop for the Houston Astros has been brilliant. I mean, I, that's all I can say. Tampa Bay's pitching hasn't been great, but that's their huge thing. And of course, Randy Rosarina hasn't been, has been pretty solid, but hasn't been what he is in game one and three. So he needs to get better with that. All right. So next but not least, we Melvin Gordon is charged with a DUI. Melvin Gordon of the Denver Broncos has been charged with a DUI after driving drunk on Tuesday night. Gordon was also driving 46 miles an hour over the speed limit. The Wisconsin product was giving a speeding ticket and has a date set for a court visit on November 13th. Mike Klein of Nine News was the first to report the incident. According to multiple reports, Melvin Gordon was driving home from dinner at a restaurant in Denver, Colorado. Because of his court date is not until November 13th, he will not be suspended until the league looks into it more closely. It's it's a tough blow for Denver. Uh, the good news is most Broncos players are forgiving Gordon for his mistake that he made. Broncos head coach Vic Fangio has still not made his decision whether to play the former first-round pick on Sunday. With how, Gordon, with how good Gordon has been playing, it's hard not to see him not dress. Uh, he just rushed for over 100 yards and for the first time this season against the Jets, and I think the Broncos want to keep riding the hot hand at running back. However, both Philip Lindsley and Royce Freeman are available. Without a without a tough without with a tough season of that Denver has had, I guarantee they play him. Uh, should Melvin Gordon be punished? I think Gordon should be punished, but I don't know exactly how long the punishment should be. It seems as though Gordon will be suspended for a few weeks after this court trial. I could see Gordon trying to appeal some of the, his suspension, but I think the Broncos are predicting some kind of suspension to happen. Recently, Melvin Gordon tweeted that he was not happy with their bye week got canceled or pretty much got moved to a different date. The Broncos did not have practice Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday and scheduled to have practice on Wednesday at 1130 Mountain Time. Denver head coach Vic Fangio dismissed Gordon from practice on Wednesday. According to Vic Fangio, he did not want the former first-round pick to be a distraction to the rest of the team. What do the Broncos do if Gordon can't play? Well, I think it's simple. They'll either play Philip Lindsley or Royce Freeman. Uh, it's big not to have Melvin Gordon, who's, again, been pretty good this year. But I think they can still manage with voice with both Royce Freeman and Mel uh, and Roy, er, with both Philip Lindsley and Royce Freeman. Uh, they have a very strong running game, so I don't know if it's going to be a huge loss, but I think it's going to be somewhat of a disappointment. But I believe they can still get over the hump with both Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsley. Now moving on to Daryl Morey stepping down as the general manager. Houston Rockets' Daryl Morey has stepped down from his GM position. Morey has been a GM for the Rockets since 2007, and during his tenure, Houston has had the second-best winning percentage in the regular season, only behind the San Antonio Spurs. Rockets owner Hillman Fertitta supported every decision that Morey made during his time as the GM of the Rockets. Now, 
Now it's been, it's not been a great year for Daryl Morey. As last October, he tweeted free Hong Kong and China immediately took NBA NBA games off their networks in the country. Since 2007, Houston has made the second most trades at 77. The 76ers were the first at 78. Morey also helped lead the Rockets to two conference finals in both 2015 and 2018, but were beat both times by the Golden State Warriors. The Rockets will promote GM Raphael Stone to head general manager. Morey will still serve as consultant for the for as the team for a little while and will help them find a new coach after Mike D'Antoni left the team in September. My initial reaction, I'm a little stunned. I think Maury would stay. I thought Maury would stay as the GM with the Rockets. However, according to multiple sources that included ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, Maury was tired and needed a break. Maury also wants to spend more time with his two college kids. There also have been multiple reports to say the Rockets will hire a coach first and whoever they choose will handpick the GM. If Maury wants to be a GM somewhere else, he will likely get hired very soon. However, there is a plethora of questions the Rocket organization needs to ask. Should they completely gut the roster and start tanking? Which means they would have to trade Russell Westbrook and James Hart. Unfortunately, it would be very hard to find takers for Russell Westbrook after giving up so much for him. And plus, he has a massive contract. And then, of course, you look at Russell Westbrook's injury concerns the last few years. However, the New York Knicks have been very interested in the former MVP. Do they trade for another superstar or do they keep running small ball, which clearly hasn't worked for Houston? We will know what Houston wants to do very soon as free agency starts on October 18th. Will the Rockets do better without Maury? It's very hard to know if Houston can thrive or not. But as I previously mentioned, if they start tanking, then the answer is no. Multiple analysts and insiders have suggested the Rockets are heavily considered taking or tanking and parting ways with both James Harden and Russell Westbrook. There could be many takers for James Harden, but if they don't trade Russell Westbrook, it wouldn't make sense. Westbrook struggled last season and was injured half this season. So if they start tanking, then the logistical answer would be to trade both superstars. If they don't want to tank, they might need to change their offensive strategy. Maybe sign or trade for a few big men, hire coaches willing to play defense. Also, I think jacking up a bunch of threes every game doesn't work if you want to win a title. So there are abundance of ways the Rockets can dictate their offseason. I expect they'll try to run it back at least one more time before blowing the team up. Will Maury get another job as general manager? As of now, I think Maury will, will want to take a break. But once he's willing to, to go back as a general manager of a team, he will likely get hired right away. However, the question is, when and how long does he want to take a break? Or does he want to go to a totally different direction? Maybe he wants to do something other than general manager. Although I think at this current state, he still wants to be a GM or president of basketball operations for an NBA team. There are many options Maury could go with. I am predicting that he's out for at least one or two years as a general manager of the team in the association. Maybe he ends up being with the Rockets again in a few years. We shall see what direction Moore goes with very soon. Some sad news in college football. Nick Saban has tested positive for coronavirus. Bad news for Bama fans and pretty much all football fans alike. Six-time national champion coach Nick Saban has tested positive for coronavirus. Um, after hearing the news that Nick Saban tested positive, he, according to the media, he quarantined right away and is currently in his house watching the team practice. Alabama offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian will be the interim for Alabama this Saturday when they take on the third ranked Georgia. 
that's big news in college football. Uh, I also have to point out that Alabama's biggest game this, se- or this season is this week. The game could be a preview of the SEC championship game in in well, basically it would be a preview. It could be a preview of the SEC championship game. Alabama's three and could be danger of losing their first game in the 2020 season. Georgia is really good, and when a team doesn't have their head coach, it usually doesn't end well. On the flip side, no player for the tie tested positive for coronavirus, which is very good news. However, I can smell an upset brewing in the SEC, but we're still a day away or anything can happen. By the way, the game is scheduled for 3.30 p.m. Eastern on CBS. Does this affect Alabama going forward? In a way, I don't think it does. If it's not serious, Alabama will be back to their old self in a few weeks, especially with Saban being asymptomatic. It will definitely be a distraction this week and maybe next week if Saban doesn't return in 10 days. However, Alabama is one of the best teams in football, so it shouldn't distract them from their game against Georgia. The Tide haven't played great defense this year, but I think they'll fix that in the next few months. Alabama's offense, on the other hand, has been dominant. It's very unlike Alabama to have a high-scoring offense and a defense that really can't stop anybody. But, again, there's a lot of football left to be played, and the Tide or tide will likely be better going forward. Is Steve Sarkeesian the right coach to replace Nick Saban? Well, I def- we'll definitely find out Saturday. Sarkeesian is a good coordinator, but struggled when he was the head coach at USC. And also, to make matters worse for Bama, fans – for Bama fans, Saban is now allowed to coach on Saturday at his home. According to the NCAA rulebook, it is frowned upon. If they get caught doing it, they will be severely punished. The Tide are coming off a barn burner last week. They defeated Mississippi State 63-48 in a shootout. Sarkeesian also has to be able to prepare the players just like Saban does every week. Practice needs to be sharp more than ever, and when they take on the Bulldogs, they can't make stupid mistakes. If Sarkeesian proves to be a good interim coach during Saban's absence, he has a chance to be head coach somewhere else. But Bama has to be out saying this week and beat Georgia. Well, one of the big news of the day was the Clippers hired Ty Lue as the head coach. The L.A. Clippers have hired former Cavs coach and assistant Ty Lue to be their next coach. Lue and the Clippers are currently finalizing a five-year deal. Lue was the assistant under Doc Rivers, where he saw the Clippers win 49 games in the 2019-2020 season. Before last season, Lou was the Cleveland Cavaliers coach from 26 to 2018. He helped the Cavs win their first championship in 2016 when they defeated the 73-9 Golden State Warriors in seven games. After starting the season rough in 2018, Cleveland decided to go in a totally different direction. During that offseason, the Lakers were heavily interested in hiring Lou as their next head coach. However, the deal fell through, and the Lakers decided to go with Frank Vogel. Lou chose to be an assistant with the Clippers under veteran coach Doc Rivers. The Clippers looked around and considered 10 to 12 coaches, but the Clippers owner, Steve Ballmer, decided to rock with Ty Lue. According to multiple sources, the players in the Clippers roster liked the move to hire Lue. Now, what I believe the Clippers right now are feeling, I think this hire doesn't shock me at all. I think once the Clippers part ways with Doc Rivers, it seemed as though Ty Lue would be their next head coach. Reported by multiple sources, the Clippers did, in fact, look into bringing Phil Jackson, which is crazy. However, that never materialized, and the Clippers looked in a, in an other coaching looked into other coaching candidates. I also heard that most of the players on the Clippers liked the hire, which is great news for LA fans. I think Lou will do a great job, and I believe the Clippers will win the title next season. I believe both Kawhi and PG look like the move and had a good relationship with Lou. Lou will have a huge decision to make for a few players that are currently free agents. 
One of those free agents include six-man-of-the-year Montres Harrell. Harrell struggled in the bubble and also didn't get along with Paul George, so Lou will have a tough decision if he wants to bring back the former Louisville product. I just know it's going to be a fun offseason, and I believe the Clippers will be the team to beat next season. Is Ty Lue the right coach for the job? I think if since Leonard and George are fine with the move, it's a good hire. Lou was successful in Cleveland from 2016 to 2018. He also has a history of being a player's coach. LeBron liked him. You know, of course, as we just reported, LeBron wanted Lou to come to Cleveland or come to LA before Frank Vogel got there. So that's always good. And I understand that he's similar to Doc Rivers. He's the assistant. People are saying, why aren't they going with a total different direction? I think they really had no choice because Tyloo was the best option for him. And I think a lot of the players respected Tyloo. Now they respected Doc Rivers, but we also have to remember Tyloo was really close with Steve Ballmer and he was the right, he was basically the smart and safe choice for the Clippers. So I think hiring Tyloo, or not Tyloo, Tyloo is pretty much is the safe move. And I think every, all the players like him, which is pretty much why, because you're both, if you don't want a championship next year, Kawhi and Paul George are gone. So I think they had to hire someone that both Kawhi and George liked. Will Lou succeed? And I think he will. I think he wins a championship next year. The Clippers should have won this year. But if Ty Lou, if Ty Lou does, does what Doc Rivers does in the off or in the regular season, He'll be great, but he needs to do a little different than what Doc Rivers does in the regular in the post postseason. Now we also have to remember. Yes, you can you can point to the reason why Doc Rivers he always seems to struggle in the postseason, but they were in a bubble. It was a different circumstances. Montrezl Harrell, Lou Williams, they were all out of the bubble for a while. They didn't really get didn't start playing until the postseason, so that was kind of a problem. And I think if we were in regular times it would have been the Clippers and the Lakers in the conference finals and the Clippers probably would have won. So I think that's, it was a smart move. And I think Lou will succeed with the Clippers. Now that was the biggest story until the chiefs signed the former Pittsburgh Steelers standout Le'Veon Bell, the three-time pro bowler, the two-time all pro. I mean, I guess you can never have too much weapons is what Andy Reid believed. And they already have Clyde Edwards, Alaire. They already have Daryl Williams. Now they add Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell probably won't play a running back as much as he'll play quarterback or quarterback as receiver. I think he'll be catching more balls in the backfield than he'll actually be running. So that is, I mean, that if you're a Chiefs fan, you got to be happy. And remember, they don't have to pay him all that money. The Jets are probably going to pay 90% of that. So the Chiefs, this is a win-win. Now, I don't think he'll be a Chief next year. I think he'll get a nice contract somewhere else, but I mean, the rich get richer, and the Chiefs, who won the Super Bowl this year, have just pretty much flexed their muscles and said, hey, we're at the rest of the NFL, we just got one of the best running backs. And, of course, as I said, the best running backs. Le'Veon Bell, when he's in a good situation like Pittsburgh, he is the best running back. Now, it's been two years. Maybe he's not the same. But when he's healthy and has basically the right teammates around him, he'll be successful. And he still rushed for 800 yards with a very poor Jets team. So I think Le'Veon Bell will be fine. Again, I don't think he'll be a chief next year, but I think he has a market for him. Now, I'm I'm still not I'm still shocked that Tampa or New England or Chicago or even Miami didn't look into him. Now, I guess the Dolphins did look into him, but he kind of said no because he wanted to be with the Super Bowl winning team. But it's going to be very interesting to see what Le'Veon Bell does. He can't play this week against the Bills, but oh man, the Chiefs have gotten richer. So, so congratulations to the Chiefs who have just pretty much 
continued their success. And right now, I think they are the best team in football despite losing the, to the Raiders. But Patrick Mahomes, former MVP, a Super Bowl MVP, has just got another weapon in the backfield. And this is this is similar to what the we saw with the Colton State Warriors back in 2016-2017. So, all right, that's a wrap for this amazing episode. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and much more. We release new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. Please don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, and comment.